saw that familiar name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lot's, not Lot, um, Ishmael's daughter. Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what does that say? Yeah. yeah. And so... Kind of give you a little bit of a time span if, if that is true. Yeah, yeah. If, that's, if that's who that is. And I like the way the Holy Spirit peeks out, peeks and lets us peek in. Like, yeah. It, it draws us in one goes, more. Find know? out who this person is. Yeah. But, it's, but it's really, it's one of those things where it, Job is us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Job is somebody not raised knowing all of this Joe you know he's doing the best he can in a land that isn't the land at the right. I mean it, it is I mean it's it's part of the big land but it wasn't the temple wasn't there at that time right. you know he wasn't he, he was coming out of the pagan world and 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 trying to understand and his friends are coming with all this counsel and he's going gosh I wish it was that way and you know gosh if only I could believe what you're suggesting then then this would no make sense right. and you know, I'm floundering. I feel like I don't understand. And yet that's the place where his wisdom is. I mean, mm-hmm. he knows enough to go, no, mm-hmm. I don't think that's right. You know, that's, I wish I could say that, but I know that that's not right. And so as we, as we listen to Job wrestle, especially today with the things he's going to wrestle with, he's expressing our questions. He's expressing our doubts. He's expressing our pain and our fear and our anxiety about not understanding what's happening to us. And, and so in, in a sense, he's every man, every woman, you know, he, he's expressing the human. Human yeah, yeah. With, with the human in the face of the paradox of all the pain of life. Yeah. And, and, in the end, when when God comes in and does the whirlwind speech, it, it, ultimately it really is. You just have to accept the paradox. Right. You won't be able to understand it, mm-hmm. and you can't understand it. Mm-hmm. And yet, that's not because of a failing in you. Right. It's because you're not God. Right. I mean, because if you didn't have hopelessness for God to come and give you hope, you wouldn't need God. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yes, if you've got all the joy, yeah, all the happiness, the you, uh, yeah. you've got all that all the time, you don't need God. Exactly. I, know, I heard a pastor say that some of, some of us wouldn't even pray. He said, yeah. unless God brought us to our knees, yeah. our situation, yeah. brought us to our knees, we wouldn't even pray for all well, the time. But if you think about it, we, we wouldn't need him. Right. Yeah. I mean, the reason we need him, the reason we need his hope is because we don't have his eternal perspective. We get hopeless in the face of life. Yeah. It's not that life's doing anything wrong. Right. It's not that life's doing anything different than it would do, you know, if we were a different person. It's just doing what it's doing, and we look at it and go, oh, oh because we don't understand. And yet the answer isn't, well, you should understand. Right. But then some of the stuff we talk. Like my we do. Oh, she's been smoking for years. Yeah. We do. Trying to get her to quit. <laughs> and you see your body reaction to it, and you just call it something else. Some people say, oh, I'm just getting old. Right. But a lot of times it's, you know, it is. it's not. It's a lifestyle. Really listening to what our and yet, And yet it's not God, it's not ever God punishing us. It's no. just we chose that path, and it's now we're living with what's on that path. And, and it, we could be as sorry as we want, but it's, now it's taking a toll on our body. And so now the question is, how do I go through this? Yeah. How do I? How do I find God in this? How do I? How? How? What is my perspective as I go through this? Yeah. How do I approach it? And I think one of the blessings that we have that Job didn't have, which is when I look at him, I'm so 
so grateful that God that we have Jesus, we have our righteousness. We are, we yeah we've seen him. I mean, he had him, but yeah. he he had the hope of him. He didn't right. fully understand because he he didn't have the story. He didn't right. have. Right. Him come and done the things he, he did, and right, mm-hmm. and 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 really didn't have an Old Testament. And we've right. got we've got the scripture, and and it has these stories, and it lets us go to Job and go, oh, I can so relate. Mm-hmm. He's speaking my thoughts. He's speaking my fears and my doubts and my anxieties, and and it is. It's a blessing to have that when we know how to use it. Because other, you know, the other the other thing is. If his friends had come with an actual Bible, right. then he the might have been a little more condemned and been like, "Oh, you know." <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> which is why, which is why, when someone comes comforting, I see it on and I see it online. Like somebody will say something, and somebody will quote scripture, and well, the Bible says this, and I'm like, "You're quoting Job's friend." <laughs> God did not approve that passage. <laughs> did you read God's opinion on that? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, that's in there. But God's response to that is not glowing review here. That God doesn't go, yes, he's got it. Is that why they supposedly red lettered it? The Jesus said. Yeah, this is what Jesus said. Yeah. Well, which is why there's, there's red letter Christians. Who, oh. who ignore everything else in the yes. Bible because they don't know what to do with it, but they, they want to follow Jesus' words. And a lot of times when you, when you run into people like that, it's because they've been taught Pauline Christianity, which, you know, with whatever slant on what Paul was saying that their mm. church was saying. And then when they read the actual words of Jesus, they went, he doesn't say that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what to do with that, but I'm, you know... Christian meaning follower of Christ, I want to follow Jesus. I don't need to follow Paul or whoever else. So I'm going to go study what Jesus said. I'm going to do what he did and model what, you know, follow after his model. And and that's who I want to be as a believer. And what they're forgetting is he is the word and the whole word is him. Right, <laughs> right. But that's but that's where the people who, when you, when you run into red-letter Christians, a lot of times they are the ones who will quit high-powered jobs and go live among and serve the poor. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they, they will really go out and walk the gospel in a real deep way. Mm-hmm. And uh, – because when you actually are confronted with the words of Yeshua, you can't, you really can't minimize them without completely discounting them. Like if you're really, when you really read them and go, oh, he said to do this. Yeah. He said there's no exceptions. He said, this is what I expect of you. Yeah. Maybe I should go do that. Mm-hmm. And, and when you stop with the, yeah, but then Paul says this, you know, you stop with all that, that arguing about it, um, you get a very pure walk that that is really. I mean, you may not understand all things, but it, the things it's doing are are good. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're really out there doing, trying really hard to infuse Yeshua into things. But let's let's pray real quick, Lord. I want to lift up um, Marie's childhood friend and 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 the the friend's father that we know who both are are dealing with cancer lord and i pray that you would would speak to them in these situations comfort them but also encourage them give them wisdom 
Um, give them your strength, Lord. And if it is their time to return to you, I pray that you would prepare their families and their friends and them, that they would be right with you, Lord, and they would they would be hopeful um, in, in leaving the pain that they're in in this world and going to their their heavenly form, Lord, and their their renewed bodies. And I pray, Lord, that you would just be with them and be with everyone in their lives, comfort them. I pray for everyone who's sick right now, Lord, all of our friends, our family, and just everyone in the valley, that there there would be um, just health at this holiday time, that there would be focus on you uh, with whatever level of understanding people have, Lord, that they would turn to you at this season and that they would they would ask you to make yourself known to them and make yourself more real to them. And I pray that you would put us in the situations and in the conversations and in the opportunities to share what we know about you, Lord, so that, that we can be the answer to those prayers. And I ask, Lord, that you would guide us in these and all things, and we praise you, Lord, in Yeshua's name. Amen. So, yeah. Um, it, it has nothing to do with Joe, but uh, a Christmas tree, isn't that a religious... Um, Not really. No. I mean, it depends. I've, I've seen some... I, I've seen some things related to Christmas trees that if I had grown up with them, I would probably be very uncomfortable. But... I've only encountered those as an adult and, and seen them with other people. Um, it's really, you're not, if you're not fashioning it into an idol mm-hmm. and you're not praying to it mm-hmm. or, or, or treating it idolatrous, you know, to me, there's nothing inherently wrong. We call it a Hanukkah bush. You know, okay. it's our Hanukkah bush. Hanukkah bush. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing, I mean, a Christmas tree is not infused with anything different than a potted plant or a, you know, it's, okay. it, it's, it's a decoration. So is it it's, weird? I mean, cause I, I remember, and I don't know exactly where, but somewhere in Deuteronomy that God ordered the Israelites not to go out into the fields and cut I think it's in Jeremiah. Oh, Jeremiah. It's in okay. Jeremiah. But what he says is you, he says is you cut down trees mm-hmm. and fashion them into idols. Okay. So really what he's talking about is you go out and cut down wood and then you go sit in your workbench and you carve an idol out of it and then you pray to that idol. So some people, I've I've encountered people who do treat a Christmas tree with that level of reverence, Mm -hmm. but they are few and far between and... and that's not how I feel about I live I we live in a desert that does not have seasons. Right. <laughs> and, and and as far as I'm concerned, as much decoration as I can get around me that lets me know it's a festive time and gets me in the mood yeah. to be, you know, to be joyous at this time of year instead of depressed that some days I can still wear a tank top. Yeah. I I, know. <laughs> I am all for it. Yeah. And and what really cemented it for me was in a discussion a few years ago that I had online with pe- some people who they were messianic believers and I said, well, I just, I need the decoration. And they said, oh, well, we decorate. And I said, but, you know, what do you, you know, do you have ornaments? What do you do? Oh, yeah, we have ornaments. And I said, what do you hang them on? (laughs) And I got sent links to these metal trees. Metal? They were like metal sculptures that that you would, and I went, so I have a fake 
<laughs> holiday tree in my house I hang them on that looks like a pine tree. You have a fake holiday tree in your house that is made of metal. Okay. There's no difference to me. And who are these people? It's just Messianic believers I knew online. And, wow. and, and the thing is, if that enhances their worship at this time of year, they should absolutely have that. But that was <coughs> the point where I went, I do not need to be involved in some legalistic interpretation of this verse, uh, you know, and, and of, this, of what my holiday look, looks like that involves me getting rid of something that I've had, you know, as part of, of my holiday for years. The reason I ask you is because at my job, they said that we can't have any religious um, ornaments or anything on our desk. And no, trees are not religious. Okay. And, um, you know, because last year, we have a couple, we have one woman, she's Jewish, mm-hmm. and then there's a guy who converted to Judaism. He wears um, the yarmulke, mm-hmm. and everything, and they're going to bring in manure. So the one woman, yeah. one of the coaches said, well, you can't bring that. And well, yeah, that, that, and that would be religious. They, okay. but it's not, it's not religious the same way as if they were celebrating Yom Kippur. So, right. so Hanukkah is a joyous celebration of a miracle. Christmas is a joyous celebration of a miracle. Right. Um, but there is nothing about, I, I would suggest there's nothing inherent in either that excludes other people. And, and Does that make sense? The whole thing is, where's our freedom of religion? Exactly. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. If I put it on my desk, right. and right. I'm not saying, come, let me come tell you, all of my and, and have a hole in a little sermon mm-hmm. about it. Right. But it's on my desk because it makes me happy. Right. Then right. I don't see, how is that hurting you? Well, and this is this is the workplace politics thing, but I I think I think the I think the um, you know, and I and I, I mean ask your HR because, but I would not I would not say that either of them either of those things would be inherently exclusive because when you're talking about you know the birth of Jesus. Yeah. Or a miracle of rededication, you know, and you're and you if it's done in a tactful way that is not, you know, well, 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 I'm celebrating the birth of Jesus, and and you're going to go to hell. I mean, if that that I would be like, whoa, crossing yeah, some workplace yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah. Well, one woman has a cross, uh-huh. and it's not on her desk. It's up on, you know, on the cubicles. Oh, like She's yeah, yeah, right yeah. I mean, and I, I'm not putting her down, but that's not religious. What yeah. 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 So but it's it's I don't know. And I would I mean talk to HR, but they can't they can't restrict you from celebrating and they can't restrict you from from having beliefs, you know, I government government offices. I understand oh, right, a lot right, more, right. but but they but, sent us a, a, a email HR uh-huh. with a big manure and it said Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> You'll pro- they'll probably send a Merry Christmas one too. Yeah. They're just, they're trying they're trying to be inclusive, right, and right. not exclusive. And one woman, she just really 
it was just one person that said that. And so oh, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. And I then. told her, I said to her, I said, you know what? I said, it's, she said, um, we have to be HR um, compliant. I said, I said, you know what this is like? This is like you having a birthday party and inviting everybody, but you can't come. Yeah. That's what he's doing to Jesus. His, yeah. his birthday, he's <laughs> not invited. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Well, you can just start celebrating, like put up nativities at Sukkot. Be like, I'm celebrating Sukkot. <laughs> <laughs> So, so two. I'm gonna pause this for a minute. Two, but um, but we'll go ahead. So we're we're in Job, and just our little summary of what happened last week was build out the shoe height presents a very pessimistic outlook. We ended with that. You know, it's all horrible, and everybody's gonna die, and nobody can stand before God anyway. So, what's your you know what's your problem? And and this week we're going to read Job's reply. And Job replies, I don't know why it's going so slow to switch. Oh, okay. The remote could not confirm. Yes, yes, please. Please make the slide change. Hmm. Oh, Job replies that God's majesty is unsearchable. Okay, yay, it made it. And and his reply is kind of, it's, it's several chapters, but it, it's not too super long. So we'll go ahead and and read through. I was just, if we can get through his reply, then, then we, I think we'll be, Job, I mean, we'll, we'll probably be the end of January before we're done with Job. It's like 41, Whoa. 42 chapters. It's Whoa. ridiculously long. Um, but I know, I know. <laughs> So then Job answered and said, How you have helped him who has no power. You know, his friend is all pessimistic and everybody's going to die and it's all miserable. He's like, You are such a help. Your theology is so encouraging. He says, How you have saved the arm that has no strength. How you have counseled him who has no wisdom and plentifully declared sound knowledge. With whose help have you uttered words, and whose breath has come out from you? The dead tremble under the waters and their inhabitants. Sheol is naked before God, and Abaddon has no covering. He stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth on nothing. He binds up the waters in his thick clouds. And the cloud, where are we? I don't know why it's doing this. Come on, remote. Work with me here. The internet's a little bit spotty, I think. So he stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth on nothing. He binds up the waters in his thick clouds, and the cloud is not split open under them. He He covers the face of the full moon and spreads over it his cloud. He has inscribed a circle on the face of the waters, at the boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astounded at his rebuke. By his power, he stilled the sea. By his understanding, he shattered Rahab. By his wind, the heavens were made fair. His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. Behold, these are but the outskirts of his ways, and how small a whisper do we hear of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? And this is Job talking? This is Job talking. See, he didn't mention somebody else's name. Yep, yep. So Job maintains his integrity. He's about to 
get serious here. And Job again took up his discourse and said, As God lives, who has taken away my right, and the Almighty who has made my soul bitter, as long as my breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips will not speak falsehood and my tongue will not utter deceit. Far be it from me to say that you are right. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. I hold fast my righteousness and will not let it go. My heart does not reproach me for any of my days. So I have no regrets. There's nothing in my soul that convicts me, that's bringing to mind any unresolved issue. I got nothing. He says, let my enemy be as the wicked, and let him who rises up against me be as the unrighteous. For what is the hope of the godless when God cuts him off, when God takes away his life? Will God hear his cry when distress, distress comes upon him? Will he take delight in the Almighty? Will he call upon God at all times? This is probably good because you know what? He's getting, he's sitting here hurting, so at least he's getting. Yeah, oh yeah, out. getting it all out. <laughs> yeah. In a sense, yeah, in a sense, God's merciful through this, you know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, get it out. Mm-hmm. I will teach you concerning the hand of God. What is with the Almighty, I will not conceal. Behold, all of you have seen it yourselves. Why then have you become altogether vain? This is the portion of a wicked man with God and the heritage that oppressors receive from the Almighty. If his children are multiplied, it is for the sword, and his descendants have not enough bread. Those who survive him the pestilence buries, and his widows do not weep. Though he heap up silver like dust and pile up clothing like clay, he may pile it up, but the righteous will wear it, and the innocent will divide the silver. He builds his house like a moth, like a booth that a watchman makes. He goes to bed rich, but will do so no more. He opens his eyes, and his wealth is gone. Terrors overtake him like a flood. In the night, a whirlwind carries him off. The east wind lifts him up, and he is gone. It sweeps him out of his place. It hurls at him without pity. He flees from its power in headlong flight. It claps its hands at him and hisses at him from its place. So in a sense, you know, he's saying, even though before they were saying, you know, oh, bad things happen to bad people. And he's like, really? I see bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people all the time. And, and now, you know, it seems like he's kind of changing his story, but really what I hear him saying is, is kind of what, what I've said at different times, um, where you can, if you hold a doctrine, you need to be able to take that doctrine to its most extreme and have it still be true. And so if you're going to say, if you're going to take the things that, that, God says about what befalls the wicked, then it needs to actually befall the wicked in, you know, in the extreme way that it's described. You can't just say, oh, you're suffering because you're wicked. It doesn't, it, it's not like it works okay. one way. Does, you know what I mean? It's like, you can't just say, well, it says the wicked will be punished. He's like, really? Because the wicked are actually going to come to destruction. They're going to come to, to all these things. You know, they're going to, they're, if they're going to die, they're going to die. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's, it's, 
if that is what we're looking at, then that needs to happen every time. Right. Otherwise, it's inconsistent and it yeah. can't be the truth. Right. So Job wonders in this next section, where is wisdom? Okay. So he says, surely there is a mine for silver and a place for gold that they refine. Iron is taken out of the earth and copper is smelted from the uh, from the core. I think it's supposed to be from the core. This is ore. Oh, from the ore. Okay, copper. Oh, apparently copper is smelted from the ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches out to the farthest limit, the ore in gloom and deep darkness. He opens shafts in a valley away from where anyone lives. They are forgotten by travelers. They hang in the air far away from mankind. They swing to and fro. As for the earth, out of it comes bread, but underneath it is turned up as by fire. Its stones are the place of sapphires, and it has dust of gold. That path no bird of prey knows, and the falcon's eye has not seen it. The proud beasts have not trodden it. The lion has not passed over it. Man puts his hand to the flinty rock and overturns mountains by the roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks, and his eye sees every precious thing. He dams up the streams so that they do not trickle, and the thing that is hidden he brings out to light. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Okay, so he's saying that, that when it, you're talking about silver or gold or copper, people will go into the depths of the earth. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll go to great extreme. They'll abandon their entire family and life in order to go in pursuit of it. Mm -hmm. But where shall wisdom be found? Mm -hmm. And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its worth, and it is not found in the land of the living. The deep says it is not in me, and the sea says it is not with me. It cannot be bought for gold, and silver cannot be weighed as its price. Hmm. Sound like Solomon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because ultimately, this, he, this is wisdom. Mm -hmm. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in precious onyx or sapphire. <clears throat> gold and glass cannot equal it. <clears throat> Nor can it be exchanged for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of crystal. The price of wisdom is above pearls. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. From where then does wisdom come, and where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Abaddon and death say, we have heard a rumor of it with our ears. God understands the way to it, and he knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he gave to the wind its weight and apportioned the waters by measure, when he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then he saw it and declared it. He established it and searched it out. And he said to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. So that is really, I mean, it's, it's, it is wisdom. Mm -hmm. 
And I love, and I love that that verse is partnered with, and to turn away from evil is understanding. Mm -hmm. But until you understand, you don't turn away from evil. Right. It's like a paradox. Like yeah. Catch twenty two. And the thing is that with wisdom, like in James, it says when we ask the Lord of wisdom, um, the most wise people, and I mean the ones that we hear about, they had. They were humble before God. If you don't, right. if you don't have humility, you don't have wisdom. But I love how he's comparing it to going into the depths of the earth to mm -hmm. find precious metal. Mm -hmm. Because when we go into the depths of our soul, mm -hmm. that's when we realize it's not in there. We need the Lord, right. <laughs> you know, because we think we, and because he, he, you know, that's why he starts out saying, when did you become so vain? Mm -hmm. When did you start thinking you had mm -hmm. the answers? Right. Yeah. Because when you look in the depth, when you mind the depths of your soul, you be realize, truthful. Truthful right. You realize yeah. it's the Lord. Mm -hmm. When you, and, and that's what, that's what the fear of the Lord is. Awesome. It's that awesome awareness of who you are mm -hmm. in the presence of God. And when you are aware of who you are in the presence of God, you go, oh, oh, I have nothing. I got nothing. I know nothing. You know, um, Elijah, I'm a man of evil lips and, a, and an unclean tongue. And yet God's response is always, don't be afraid. You know, he takes the coal and he and he purifies his his tongue, and and that's the whole that's the whole point of Messiah. That's the whole purpose of our Redeemer, and it's why it's it's supposed to bring a humility in us, not a vanity and an arrogance. And and Job calls it out. the The doctrines his friends are bringing they are doctrines of vanity. They are doctrines that say, "Oh, I've got the answer." All you need to do is this. Oh, I know. I've been there. I've done that. Nope. Just do this and you'll be fine. They are not. Yeah. Yeah. I got God figured out. This is how it works. And he's like, whoa, I don't think so. And when you stepped out, he's talking, he's comparing the fact that men will dig to the depths of the earth in the darkest of caverns for gold and silver and copper and yet wisdom is worth, like men don't understand the worth of wisdom right. and the depths you have to go to to get it. Mm -hmm. And yet, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. And which is very, it's important to note that that's different from what his friends are saying. It sounds the same if you think about it. Because his friends are saying, well... Confess your evil and ask God for mercy. But that's not what he's saying. Right. <laughs> he's saying. Because he knows he didn't do any evil. And he's saying, if he did, Lord, show me. Right. Yeah. Right. And to turn away from evil, the idea that when you, what you focus on, you get more of. And mm -hmm. so if, <laughs> if you're focusing on, on your sins, you're going to just get more sins. And what he's right. saying is, so I have turned away from those things. I've turned away from them. I fear the Lord. I don't want those things in me. I've already sought him, mm -hmm. you know, to tell me where things are and what to get rid of. 
So Job sums up his defense is our next section. If it will move. There we go. Oh. <laughs> and going into to 29, he says, where, where's... Yeah. Okay. Okay. But it's just them. They're fine. It says, And Job again took up his discourse and said, Oh, that I were as in the months of old, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head, and by his light I walked through darkness, as I was in my prime, when the friendship of God was upon my tent, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were all around me, when my steps were washed with butter, and the rock poured out for me streams of oil. When I went out to the gate of the city, when I prepared my seat in the square, the young men saw me and withdrew, and the aged rose and stood. So though they honored him. Even the aged stood up. The old men stood in honor of him. Because he was known, that it was known that God's favor was on him. Wow. He was that prosperous. He was that rich he was that blessed he you know he spoke with wisdom and and they knew that that things were that that he was speaking with with wise ideas the princes refrained from talking and laid their hand on their mouth the voice of the nobles was hushed and their tongue stuck to the roof of their mouth when the ear heard it called me blessed and when the eye saw it approved Wow, now I see why you think you meant when you said that God will allow the the person who can absorb all the because he was held so high. He had the highest that. place right. to he had more depth to absorb and, all of it. Right. And now people are looking at him and seeing his relationship with God so they can see him go through this and see yeah. what the results are and right. give them hope and give right. them because when we get to the end there and it does turn around yeah. and, and it comes back. And and that is that is one of the really beautiful purposes of the story and purposes of the experience is and and yet and he's saying and, and really when you think about it when when he really expresses in his own words the high esteem he was held in it would be very easy for someone well it'd be very easy for someone to go you know, to, to take on what his friends are saying, I must be out of favor with God if, mm-hmm. if I'm losing all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this, is, this is also one of the reasons why when, when pastors or teachers or pe- different people in leadership and within the body go through, go through Job seasons mm-hmm. and their congregations say, no, we still need you to lead us. Don't step down. for the, Stay in your place. We want to honor you by keeping you in your place. And I go, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Give this person time to step away and get to the other side of this and heal. Because you can only lead from where you are. And where they are is in a bit of a mess right now. <laughs> and that's not blaming them. You know, it's not saying it's your fault. You need to be punished by being taken out of leadership. It's saying leadership is a very, you know, it, there, it's, it, there's something about leadership that, that says we're following you. Mm-hmm. 
And the leader should want to get to where they understand the lessons, and then they can lead people who go through their seasons to the other side. They can take their hand and walk them through. But when you're in the pit, you shouldn't want to follow them in. I mean, <laughs> that just shows a lack of discernment. You know, <laughs> we don't like to jump in the pit with you. That's how much we want to follow you. And and that that's the point where I start saying. Um, I think Antonia's trying to call him, but I've got someone on here. I don't know if you want to make, but, but it's, that's the point where I say, get the lessons, learn the lessons, understand what you're doing, um, so that you can come back. Bill, honey, will you go tell them no? Thank you. She's trying to call you because my phone just Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> so so he's talking you know he's describing where he you know where he was and where he came from and so he says uh he says because i delivered the poor who cried for help and the fatherless who had none to help him okay he was the one who if somebody had need he took care of it if someone had no father they went into his home yeah and he provided for them. If there was a widow who needed care, he took care of them. He had that much abundance pouring mm -hmm. out from him. And what he did with that, you know, he wasn't like stingy old miser guy. Right, right. He was, it, it, was, it was very obvious that God has given this mm -hmm. to you and, and you have given it to us and God has blessed us through mm -hmm. you. Right. And, and so there's this level of honor and esteem he says, the blessing of him who was about to perish came upon me, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy, and I searched out the cause of him whom I did not know. Wow, I never really heard this part of it. Yeah, well, that's not the interesting part where he's suffering. You know? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> But this is awesome, though, because now I see... I think this is also the part that teachers want to avoid. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, if you go, ooh, that's where Job was, there. and this happened to him, I it know. could happen to me. That's not encouraging, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially because you don't... And, and in, in, the, you know, in the spirit of not wanting to discourage the people attending, because they don't like discouraging uncomfortable messages, yeah. because this also says to the person listening, if this is where you are, this could happen to you. Yeah, this happened to you too. <laughs> <laughs> Which, unfortunately, because nobody teaches it, when it does happen to them, they, then they feel alone. Right. And, they feel and that steals the hope. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so picking pieces, parts of stories to teach, to prove your point, mm -hmm. that, that's, that's why I won't do that. You know, it's, I, no, I want, I want the caution and I want the encouragement and I want the caution. Yeah, all of it. All of that it. Put in yeah. Exactly. So he says, I broke the fangs of the unrighteous and made him drop his prey from his teeth. Then I thought, I shall die in my nest and I shall multiply my days as the sand. My roots spread out to the waters with the dew and all night on my branches, my glory fresh with me, and my bow ever new in my hand, or my bow ever new in my hand. 
Men listened to me and waited and kept silence for my counsel. After I spoke, they did not speak again, and my word dropped upon them. So I got the final say. People, people held their tongue for my counsel, and when they heard it, they went, we don't even need to talk about this anymore. That, that's what we should do. They waited for me as for the rain, and they opened their mouths as for the spring rain. I smiled on them when they had no confidence, and the light of my face they did not cast down. I chose their way and sat as chief, and I lived like a king among his troops, like one who comforts mourners. Okay, so he had an incredible amount of power and authority and privilege and, and well-deserved. Yeah. You know, he wasn't above his station. He wasn't, he wasn't, um, you know, being despised by people for the thing, you know, oh, he's got so much power. Look at the the damage he does with it. Mm -hmm. I'm quite sure some in there feel that way. Oh, I'm sure. And that's why he's saying, oh, you all are really enjoying me being laid down, aren't you? (laughs) He says, but now they laugh at me. Men who, who are younger than I whose fathers I would have disdained to set with the dogs of my flock. That's a really strong statement. They are the, he's like the children of the wicked. Yeah. Their fathers who I knew and I saw their wickedness, now their children are, are laughing at me. What could I gain from the strength of their hands, men whose vigor is gone? Through want and hard hunger, they gnaw the dry ground by night in waste and desolation. They pick saltwort and the leaves of bushes and the roots of the broom tree for their food. I'm, I'm guessing it's like a thorny bush of some kind. Mm-hmm. Roots of the broom tree for their food. Okay, come on, we're switching. There we go. No? Oh, I thought I switched it, but apparently I just clicked the same slide. Do, do, do. So he says, they are driven out from human company. They shout after them as after a thief. In the guiles of the torrent, or in the gullies of the torrents, they must dwell. In holes of the earth and of the rocks, among the bushes they bray, under the nettles they huddle together. So bray like like the donkey. Under the nettles they huddle together. A senseless, a nameless brood, they have been whipped out of the land, and now I have become their song. I am a byword to them. Kind of like when, you know, the, the person who becomes the joke, you know, oh, you pulled the job. Oh, mm-hmm. look, look, Job happened to you. Mm-hmm. They sure like to use Job a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and yet. They say, oh, have the patience of Job. And then they have all that. Oh, don't say that to me. Yeah. Though, you know what? When I, I prayed, I told my mom when I was very young that I was praying for, for patience that God would teach me patience. And she said, oh, don't pray for that because then horrible things will happen to teach you patience. And so I went, oh. And, I, and so I stopped. I was like, you know what, God? I don't know. 
if you want to give me patience, I guess give me patience. Otherwise, maybe I shouldn't ask. And yet I look back now and I think, you know what? Seven is when you should learn patience. Oh, yeah. If you're seven and you're wanting to learn patience, Mm -hmm. the stuff you're going to go through will be hard for you at seven, but you're not going to go through the things that would be hard for you at 37 with a partner and children. You know, you're, you'd be better prepared. You know, and I, I think that God alone teaches you patience. <laughs> I know. Well, and I think God God did teach me patience at that time, but I kind of look back and wish that I mean with my kids would talk about stuff like that, I go, Yes, now is the time to learn that. Mm-hmm. You should learn patience, that. Learn it now. That's right. <laughs> so he says, They abhor me, they keep aloof from me, they do not hesitate to spit at the sight of me. And and probably not spitting, I mean possibly spitting on him. But spitting being the warding off the right. evil, you know, like, you know, that's like, ooh, evil's coming our way. What it, we don't want whatever's on Job to jump on us. You know, we don't, we don't want to get contagious. I don't know what just happened there. Um, so he says, uh, and spit at the sight of me because God has loosed my cord and humbled me. They have cast off restraint in my presence. On my right hand, the rabble rise. They push away my feet. They cast up against me their ways of destruction. They break up my path. They promote my calamity. They need no one to help them. As through a wide breach they come, amid the crash they roll on. And the right hand being the hand of mercy. So he's probably talking about the people he's previously taken care of. They're the ones rising up against him now. Sounds like Yeshua. Terrors, exactly. Mm -hmm. Terrors are turned upon me. My honor is pursued as by the wind, and my prosperity has passed away like a cloud. And now my soul is poured out within me. Days of affliction have taken hold of me. The night racks my bones, and the pain that gnaws me takes no rest. With great force, my garment is disfigured. It binds me about like the collar of my tunic. God has cast me into the mire, and I have become like dust and ashes. I cry to you for help, and you do not answer me. I stand, and you only look at me. You have turned cruel to me. With the might of your hand, you persecute me. You lift me up on the wind, you make me ride on it, and you toss me about in the roar of the storm. For I know that you will bring me to death and to the house appointed for all living. Yet does not one in a heap of ruins stretch out his hand and in his disaster cry for help? (coughs) Did not I weep for him whose day was hard? Was not my soul grieved for the needy? But when I hoped for good, evil came. <clears throat> and I, when I waited for light, darkness came. My inward parts are in turmoil and never still. Days of affliction come to meet me. I go about darkened, but not by the sun. I stand up in the assembly and cry for help. I am a brother of jackals and a companion of ostriches. Because ostriches do what? Stick their head in the sand. I don't want to see what's... I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to watch you suffer. What do jackals do? Tear you apart. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking. You know, I was like, wait a minute. I'm a brother of people who are are jumping on me and ripping my flesh open. And then the other ones acting like they don't see. And a companion of people who are pretending like 
I'm not going through anything. Wow. It's so, I mean, it's sad, and yet everyone who goes through a Job period finds out who those jackals and ostriches are. And sometimes I think one of the benefits and purposes of a Job period is to get them out of your life. Uh Because whatever you're going to go through next, they won't be there. They won't be, you don't want ostriches and jackals with you. No. Did not I weep for him whose day was hard? Oh, wait, ostrich, I didn't. I think the internet's being wonky today. Probably the weather. So he says, my skin turns black and falls from me. So it's getting necrotic. It's, his skin is dying and falling off of yeah. him. And my bones burn with heat. My lyre is turned to mourning and my pipe to the voice of those who weep. So this is his final defense that he's about, he's about to give here. He says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? What would be my portion from God above and my heritage from the Almighty on high? Is not calamity for the unrighteous and disaster for the workers of iniquity? Does not he see my ways and number all my steps? If I have walked with falsehood and my foot has hastened to deceit, let me be weighed in a just balance and let God know my integrity. If my step has turned aside from the way, and my heart has gone after my eyes, and if any spot has stuck to my hands, then let me sow and another eat, and let what grows for me be rooted out. If my heart has been enticed toward a woman, and I have lain in wait at my neighbor's door, then let my wife grind for another, and let others bow down on her. For that would be a heinous crime. That would be an iniquity to be punished by the judges." graphic (laughs) for that would be a fire that consumes as far as Abaddon and it would burn to the root all my increase if I have rejected the cause of my manservant or my maidservant when they brought a complaint against me what then shall I do when God rises up when he makes inquiry what shall I answer him did not he who made me in the womb make him and did not one fashion us in the womb If I have withheld anything that the poor desired or have caused the eyes of the widow to fail or have eaten and the idea of the eyes of the widow failing, meaning left her crying out to God, mm-hmm. desperate in prayer and not met her needs, mm-hmm. or have eaten my morsel alone and the fatherless has not eaten of it, far from my youth the fatherless grew up with me as with a father. And uh, for from my youth the fatherless grew up with me as with a father and from my mother's womb I guided the widow. If I have seen anyone perish for lack of clothing or the needy without covering, if his body has not blessed me, and if he was not warmed with the fleece of my sheep, if I have raised my hand against the fatherless because I saw my help in the gate, then let my shoulder blade fall from my shoulder and let my arm be broken from its socket. For I was in terror of calamity from God, and I could not have faced his majesty. If I have made gold my trust or called fine gold my confidence, if I have rejoiced because my wealth was abundant or because my hand had found much, 
If I have looked at the sun when it shone or the moon moving in splendor and my heart has been secretly enticed and my mouth has kissed my hand, then also would be an, uh, this also would be an iniquity to be punished by the judges for I would have been false to God above. Okay, so, so he's going through, and this is when we talked last week about the fact you can be righteous and holy before God. You can be blameless before the Lord. We can't never have sinned in the sense that some things are just, you know, your body doing stuff that, that it's made to do, but that isn't holy enough to be in the presence of God, which is why, why what Yeshua did covers that up. It says, it's okay that you're human. Menstruation, nocturnal emissions, oozing wounds, you can still be in the presence of God because God has extended that to you. He has covered that up for you. And he doesn't remove those things from us, but those things can't keep us out of his presence. Okay? Um, And because God could always be in their presence, they would just burn up. In his presence. So God has made it safe for us to be in his presence and not burn up. Our flesh is not going to burn. Our, the, the consequences of, of you know, the fall and what it did to mankind, it separated, Yeshua re, re, rejoined. It, so we exist, yeah, we exist in the presence of God the way Adam and Eve did in the garden. We're able to be in his presence. We're able to walk with him. We're able to talk with him, to go boldly into the throne room of God. Is that through the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. And, and Job was too. I mean, it, and it affected everyone past and present. Not everyone understands it, but it's, you know, it's, it's that. And so what he's saying, it's, it's why Paul could say, I am blameless before the Lord. It doesn't mean I've never done anything that's sin. It means I've repented and I've de- done the proper thing to to respond to that you know when I understood it was sin I took care of the you know doing my part and 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 obeying you know turning away from sin talking about here though when he's saying that um what he well, he's saying it. He's saying if I have, he says if I haven't taken care of the people in need, if I haven't lifted them up, then my sh- my shoulder blade should go because you can't lift yeah. someone up mm-hmm. if your shoulders right out of its socket. Mm-hmm. So he's saying if I haven't done proper with these things, this is what should happen. I, I don't need them. Mm-hmm. I don't need my arm if it's not lifting people up. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 I've if I've been unfaithful to my wife even in thought. Mm-hmm. Much less indeed. Right. Okay. Then she should be with other people. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't be with me. And he's saying, if I have rejoiced at the ruin of him who hated me or exulted when evil overtook him, he says, I have not let my mouth sin by asking for his life with a curse. So so he's saying, I didn't even I didn't wish ill on those who did harm to me. He says, if the men of my tent have not said, Who is there that has not been filled with his meat? The sojourner has not lodged in the street. I have opened my doors to the traveler. Mm-hmm. So thinking back to Lot, you know, when you open your door to the traveler, you make a covenant with them mm-hmm. that you will take your family to destruction if that's what's needed to defend him. Mm-hmm. And he's opened his door to every traveler who's come through. Mm-hmm. I have fed everyone who passed my path. 
If I have concealed my transgressions as others do by hiding my iniquity in my heart, because I stood in great fear of the multitude, and the contempt of families terrified me so that I kept silence and did not go out of doors. Oh, that I had one to hear me. Here is my signature. Let the Almighty answer me. Oh, that I had the indictment written by my adversary. Surely I would carry it on my shoulder. I would bind it on me as a crown. I would give him an account of all my steps. Like a prince, I would approach him. If my land has cried out against me and its furrows have wept together, if I have eaten its yield without payment and made its owners breathe their last, let thorns grow instead of wheat and foul weeds instead of barley. The words of Job are ended. He doesn't stop talking right here, right? Pretty much. Friends, really? Up until the time of the good news? <laughs> I mean, this is the last of the record. Really? This is the last, this is the record. Because God's going to come, God's going to come in and, and talk to them. I don't, and I, I don't, I don't know if Job might speak again. I don't remember. But this is his defense. He's like, I'm not defending myself anymore. No, I'm his done. friend's going to come and speak again, right? Yeah. His so-called friend. Yeah, his so-called friend. Because you said, what, it's 40-something chapters, you said? 42. Oh, yeah, 42, 42 chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's more, there's more said in the book of Job, but this is his defense. He's like, this is it. Okay. I'm telling you, if I've done this, this should happen to me. If I've done this, everyone who knows me knows who I am, knows what I've done, knows how I've lived, knows how they've benefited from me. So he just summed it all up like the lawyer's last. Yeah. When the lawyer's mm-hmm. doing Yep, this is my this is my closing argument. My closing argument. My closing argument. I turn it over to the judge. I rest my case. My defense is ended. And there's so many correlations what he's going through on what Yahshua was doing. Yes. I mean he said he helped everybody. When you think about that, well and this is this is where this is where the idea that comes from Job that the righteous take on the suffering for their generation or their community or, or whatever, that, that idea is expounded on to say that it is possible that there is, and this is, this is controversial Jewish thought, but Jewish thought. This is not uh, an... This is not a modern messianic thought. This is a Middle Ages Jewish writer, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, one of the the well-revered, again, though controversial, but he says, taking this, it is possible that there could be one who lives who is so righteous that they could take upon themselves and absorb into the depth of their righteousness all of the sins and the suffering and the the judgment of all mankind and remove that from everyone who cannot suffer it. And, and that is what I put, that is who I put forth Yeshua is, you know, that, that, that in that purpose, that's what he did. The depth of his righteousness was so great that he absorbed into himself all the suffering, all the sins, all the judgment of all mankind and, and bore it, you know, into death and was not held back from death, you know, or not held back in death because it wasn't his sin. He's that righteous. And, and so that is the, 
I mean, when you, when you look at, at the, one of the greatest lessons you can take from Job, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that, that there is acknowledgement that the depth of righteousness that, that has room in it for all that suffering. And when you look, when you look at how much Job's suffering and then you hear him talk about right. how revered and, and righteous he was and, and how, Everyone knew it. Everyone saw it. And like you were saying, that day, well, yeah, we were talking about how you don't, you don't hear the, not a lot of teachings on those verses because then you, you get people going, oh, this could happen to me. And then they get uncomfortable and you don't want that. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just this really, yeah, it redeems suffering when you're going through. When you're suffering, if you can be aware of this and you can think, I, I've searched myself. Obviously, God, if I've got something, show me. I want to deal with it. But when there's really, when you get to that place where there's just no obvious reason for your suffering, and you can go, you know what? Maybe I'm suffering for someone else who can't endure it. And and when you think about it, especially especially as a mother, when you dearly love someone and you've seen your family suffer and you think, I would take this yeah. on myself if I could take it from you. God's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And and in a sense, in a sense, Job took away the physical suffering of everyone around him to a level that God knew he would be willing to to take on the spiritual suffering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's why God was directing the attention at Job. God and saw Job. He, yeah. He yeah. He's like, he said, wow. go ahead. Go ahead. Let him do it. Go ahead. I know he'll stand up. I know that there's nothing he'll hold back. I know. Knows right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but that's why God was directing it all there. He's mm-hmm. like, no, he can handle it. He can take it. He can do it because when, you know, you got to know when, when the accuser was there, what he was doing, the reason God directed his attention there, he was giving the account of all the sins of all the people in Canaan. Mm -hmm. And And then this person did this and then that person did this and then this person did this. And and God finally said, did you see Job? That's what Hasatan means, right? The accuser. accuser. He's the prosecutor. He brings all those charges before the judge and and the judge's response. the judgment was mercy. Mm. The judgment was, you know what? Job's in there. We're going to direct that all to him. He can handle that. <laughs> he can do it. He can take it. They cannot, clearly. You're right. They did those things. Yeah. They will not stand up under the suffering. Wow, it's a totally different. Job looks totally different now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. It, it's one of my favorite books because of that, because, because of the paradox, because of the, no, he really was that righteous and he suffered. When I first read it, I was like, I would have thought it was a boring, boring book. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I didn't know enough to appreciate it. You know I was like, like oh, Job's oh. defending himself again. And when I was reading, I was like, Gosh, can we get some good news? I know. I've read that, but it's one of the worst ones. It's depressing. Because I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not happy. We're not done yet. Yeah, like, why did I? How many chapters are there? I want to go to the end and just 
read something to honestly, Yeah, does know? this end well? Right, right. And you know what? That, but that's what we go when we go through suffering. That's how we feel. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Let's move on. Let's get this done. You know, a rich family. You know, like Joe had a lot that I know of that I think suffered a lot with the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. You know, losing Rob, they curse. losing John. Yeah. What was the grandson or something? Mm-hmm. Big accident. In um, the airplane too. The, John P. Yeah. Junior. John yeah. Kennedy Junior. The only one left alive is uh, Edward. No, no, is his daughter. Oh, okay. Uh, from that cell, oh, from okay. that, from yeah. John's family. Okay. But I'm just saying the family, the whole, because that affected all of them. Right. And that affected right. all of the Kennedy children. Right. And all, you know, when mom and dad were living, you know, them too, you know, especially with Robin and John dying. And then, uh, then I think about, you know, John's family, everybody going to Carolina. Yeah, you know, tragic. It is tragic, and we want to when when tragedies befalling us or someone around us, we want to just get to the end. Mm-hmm. We want to, and yet that's that's very often what brings on the bad theology. <laughs> you know, the bad theology stemming from the idea that we should be at the end, mm-hmm. which is what which is where we are when we're young, when we don't understand. You know, when we're looking at it and going, I especially especially when we're going. I signed up for this because of good news. <laughs> I signed up for this. The yeah, where's the happiness here? I thought I was promised some joy. I'm not sure about, I don't, I don't think this applies to me. You know? <laughs> and yet then as we get older and we, and we understand, no, joy doesn't replace sadness in our lives. Mm-hmm. We're sad, so God brings joy. Joy is the, joy is the answer to sadness. But if you don't ask the question, you don't realize you need the answer. You know, if you're not hope, like we were saying with me, if you're not hopeless, you don't understand that you need hope. And so the verses where, you know, again, the verses where he was talking about the depths we will go to to mine for precious metal. And yet we don't understand the worth of wisdom. And how deep we have to go to mine for that. Mm-hmm. How deep we should. Yeah. Yeah. And, and be willing to go. Yeah. I think our willingness makes it um, easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're willing to do something, it's a lot easier. If you're fighting and kicking, then it's going to be hard. Right. And it may, may not even come to you. Right. But it's becoming humble that does that. Well, not where, when God told me, stop asking why mm-hmm. and ask, what do you want to teach me in this? Mm-hmm. Because you may never know why. You may never understand. You may never know why you're suffering, who you're suffering for. You don't know. I mean, I think in eternity, you'll probably have that. that per- but maybe not. And maybe yeah. you won't care anymore. I was say, who cares you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so and, and there were there have been stuff that I've gone through that I've just had to stop and remind myself and the joy comes from and the hope comes from the awareness you know what God you think I can handle this you think I'm ready for this I would not have thought I'm ready for this but okay let's go let's let's do it you would never you know wouldn't have picked it you know it's like when people are suffering things and I and I've told them you know, things I've gone through, and I'll tell them. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. That's true. But I'm so excited for you. <laughs> you know? 
I wouldn't have wished it on you, but if God's doing this, let me tell you, there is good that can come from this. There is good that is ahead of you. This is hard. I'm sorry. But there's awesomeness on the other side of this. And even in the midst of it. You know? And, and that's where we find Job. Job's going, I did all I could do. You know, the fear of the Lord is wisdom. Turning away from evil is understanding. It comes down to that. Yeah. Actually, you know, a lot of times in our tra- tragedies, we're like too focused on ourselves and our grieving and our hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, God is there in the yeah. midst of all that. That's what I learned out of my track. Yeah. You know, He is there. You got to be with Him. That's right. You get out, uh, because, it, it, you know, the pain is so tremendous, and what you're going through is so tremendous, and you feel like it's way bigger than you. Right. But and that that is. But that is that is the very act of mining into the depth of your soul and realizing the answer isn't there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and God places people. You know, mm-hmm. When I went through mine, I, I felt like God placed certain people there mm-hmm. that came and the message that they had for me. Mm-hmm. I felt like it came from God. Right, um, and I'm sure it did. I wasn't paying attention to them, right. or not listening to them, mm-hmm. or lock myself in a room. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see nobody. Well, and sometimes people, people don't realize that was from God till later. Right. Like they hear it, but they're not ready to hear it. Right. And then later, it comes back to them. It was kind of like when when I took driver's ed in in the like late fall, late summer, fall, early fall, and we read about what to do if you slip on ice. Well, I didn't get to slip on ice for a few months. Mm-hmm. But when I did, it popped right into my head, and it was like, you know, do this, do this, and, and I just did it. So sometimes those words come right when you need them, and sometimes they come ahead of time mm-hmm. and maybe even frustrate you or you just set them aside because you don't know what to do with them. Right. And then at that moment, they're there. Mm-hmm. They're already in you. They're already doing something in you, and you didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And you look back and you go, oh, I can see all the times. You know, looking back, I could see all the times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's the times we see, and then we look back and go, oh, and those other times. <laughs> but that's, that's what he was talking about, I think, with mining the depth of your soul. And when you do that, when you seek into the depths of the earth and the depths of yourself for wisdom, then you got to come out and go, fear of the Lord is wisdom. That's it. I don't have the answers. Nobody else has the answers. They're not in the ground. They're not in the sky. It's God. And the response to wisdom of understanding is to turn away from evil. Turn away from evil. I know, because if the tragedy is great enough, it's like you have to step out of this room. Mm -hmm. You can no longer exist there. You just got to go. Right. You got to go different. Yeah. Right. Because you're like, wait, I gotta, I gotta get you off this merry-go-round right now. It's right. Going too fast. Right. I can't, I can't go this any anymore. Back up this train. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and when people say, where is God in the midst? Of, there. That is God. That's Him saying. This is not the direction. This is not what you need to do. When you think you all alone, you don't know your name. Right. He, you are not forgotten. That's right. He knows your name. Yeah, I know. This is awesome. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Amen. And.
Okay. Go ahead and so. Oh.